Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. The momentum around mental health continues to rise for adults. But what about our young athletes? As a father and coach, that concern has been gnawing at me since COVID. And apparently, you all agree. Not sure what I mean? Stick around to find out. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As we move into 2024, make sure you're ahead of the game by getting organized for your next season. Whether you are a coach running your team with the Team Snap app, an admin using Team Snap for business to manage your club or league, or a marketer looking to make noise in the youth sports space, Team Snap has you covered. Visit TeamSnap.com or download the Team Snap app from your app store for more information. Weeks in advance, TeamSnap shared details of a webinar that I would host. It was titled, Mental Health in Youth Sports, a conversation with mental performance coach, Ruth brennan Mori, PhD. The response was overwhelming. So was the engagement with virtually everyone who logged in, staying on for the entire hour. And boy, did that hour fly by. It reinforces how important this topic is and how hungry you all are to learn more about it. We can't replay the entire hour, but I wanted to share some of the insights from Ruth brennan Mori, as well as parts of the intro from Team Snap CEO, Peter Francillis. As a leader in the youth sports technology world, Team Snap is really proud to continue to facilitate important conversations around mental health for our young athletes, right? And, and we all recognize that the youth sports landscape really has changed over the last five, 10 years. And we're seeing things like higher levels of competitiveness and increased expectations at younger and younger ages across the board. And being a father of three young boys, I'm seeing this firsthand in the community that I'm raising my boys in and is definitely top of mind for me, right? And, it's in, and I believe it's more important than ever right now, not only to recognize the ways that mental health challenges are impacting our kids on the field, but to also take the steps needed to ensure that our athletes are heard and that our athletes are supported. Great professional and personal perspective from Mr. Francillis. Then at the start of my conversation with Ruth brennan Mori, we discussed her childhood sports experience while growing up in Rochester, Minnesota, including a highly influential coach in her community. I know that you're a coach as well right now, but growing up, you had a very, very impactful coach on your life. Tell me about him and what you learned from him. Yeah, our city has an honorable man who we are so fortunate to have touched the lives of hundreds and hundreds of soccer players growing up. His name was Dr. Charles Abood, and he coached for over 45 years, I think, on the boys' side and the girls' side. And, and Dr. Abood was one of those coaches who you knew that you had to behave, but you also knew that you were loved and you knew that you would be praised for the good behaviors and also helped out when things were not going your way or when you had difficulties in your life. He was a quiet leader, 
but he was so effective with how he was able to create a positive you know, environment for us, you know, best of friends to be able to play together in such an enriching team environment. Yeah, he was a coach that I um, oftentimes think of when my head starts going to things that it shouldn't like uh, how unfair call or just maintaining my composure and making sure that I am super intentional about everything that I do, knowing that my tone and my words matter with my athletes. You were obviously a standout student and athlete. But given your professional credentials now, what was the culture and climate like for you and your teammates, you know, around mental health as a young athlete? Yeah, I mean, times have really changed. I think the concept of mental health didn't really come up with me as a as a young athlete. We didn't have the language and we didn't have the framework to really discuss what was happening within our heads and our emotions. And so I think it was camouflaged, right? Athletes were might have been experiencing these things, but it was never spoken about. And so I would think, oh, nobody had mental health issues back then, but it certainly was is not the case. It has changed, yes, but we just don't have probably the the statistics of 30 years ago because we didn't speak about it. So I felt like Dr. Abood, he nurtured the most important type of environment. And that was one of learning. And so when I think about as a professional and as a coach, I think about my environment as being so key. And I come up with the term is psychological safety. When we can nurture psychological safety within our sport environment, that is the most critical piece that we see that is not only my opinion, but is documented as the most powerful and important element to a team's functioning and their performance. The highest performing teams have this piece of psychological safety, which means that it is a collective belief and an understanding that you can take risks, can voice opinions respectfully, can have your needs met and take risks without having the fear of a negative repercussion. So that is key. Also within that culture that Dr. Abood nurtured so well was high degree of expectations. If we were, you know, joking around or if we were giving half half our effort, he was on us. That is an important piece because confidence building and mental health is a matter of making sure that we are pushed appropriately, but in a way that will help us grow as athletes and in a place we can fail over and over and over again, knowing that we're not going to have negative repercussions or be benched or those types of things. So when we have low expectations and low psychological safety, we will have what's, you know, apathy. Kids don't really care. They don't care because whatever they do is good enough for the team and they might get yanked anyway if they're going to make a mistake. So they have kind of apathy. What I see a lot of is when there is high expectations or accountability with an athlete, but low psychological safety. And that is when fear of failure, you don't want to make the coach mad because he's going to retaliate and scream at you. That is where the piece that we have to be so cautious of, of fear and anxiety will lay the ground there. And then comfort zone. It's, you know, praising everyone. Everybody's good. Everybody's great. But there's low expectations. We don't grow as athletes there either. The big piece is when there's high psychological safety and high expectations and a great mix of the two, then we can exhibit learning behaviors that will help boost our performance because we can take risks. And that is the only way we grow and learn.
when is it age appropriate to start talking to young athletes about mental wellness or mental health with our teams? It's such a great question. And in order to increase our mental health literacy and in order to paint the picture of what is valued and important on our team and in a psychologically safe environment, the discussion has to be early and often. Start early, pre-season. Your message coming across is that mental health is just as important as physical health and even more so. As parents in the TeamSnap survey suggested, That, you know, if we fall down, break our arm, there is a team of doctors and um, they're rushed to the hospital and they're being asked every day, hey, how's it feeling? How's it going? But mental health has been quieted and we need to bring that out. So when once we have that discussion that that's important to me, that you are able to bring it up within our team environment, doing check ins, maybe small group team check ins, building trust within the team, infusing fun and laughter at every single practice, really creating that culture of mental wellness. Like when I think about like when I love to be at practice, it's when people are working really hard. And then there will also have down times where we are just having fun and laughing and I'm silly and and it's just such great joy. You know, we can't take it seriously. These are still kids and oftentimes we are treating them like they are mini professionals. And so I think that just being very intentional about the culture that we are building in the tone and words that we are using, how we are praising kids, not for the goals or assists always, but for the courage to try to beat someone one-on-one. How Mm. relentless they looked when they got the ball stolen away, but they charged back and they made a great tackle. Defining success in a different way, actionable ways, controllable ways that the kids understand that they feel like they are empowered. Like, yeah, I can be courageous and alert the whole game. When I'm not, can I reset? And so praising them for the process rather than Mm. praising them for for the actions is just, I can't speak to that enough. Now, parents and coaches, we often talk to young athletes about being, quote unquote, mentally tough. And we hear that quite a bit during sports telecasts. But how can coaches of younger athletes build an environment that facilitates mental toughness, yet supports an athlete in their own mental health journey? Okay, so I am probably going to get some haters with this question, but just hear me out. Since I was young, we would hear the term mental toughness throughout my, my master's degree, my PhD, my professional you know, triathlon career. And I have always hated the term mental toughness. And I think that we have a necessity to kind of abandon that term of mental toughness because it is latched on to the previous era, hopefully that's passing with mental health stigma. When we feel like we have to be mentally tough, it's either we are tough or we're not. So saying, yes, I'm struggling today. I'm having a really hard time managing, you know, my thoughts and my emotions. I need some help. What's the first thing that a coach or somebody's going to think or a teammate? Oh, you're just not mentally tough. Suck it up. That's the message that we get. But can we actually have a different, for goodness sakes, a different terminology for what we want to see out of our kids? So Mental durability is something that I teach my own uh, mental skills athletes and making sure that they being honest about mishaps, mistakes, failures, shortcomings is a positive. We want you to do that. Having positive, proactive self-talk that's going to help your performance, being calm and fully present, being on task instead of mental toughness, which is 
you know, keep your struggles to yourself, pretend as if everything is okay. You might give this illusion that you have focus, but really you're distracted and you're thinking about the crowd or you're thinking about that's not mentally tough. Having, you know, feeling with mental durability, how I define it, it is a self-compassion that we have, that we are going to make mistakes. That is inevitable. We will make mistakes and we have to learn to accept them and then teach our athletes that that is okay. We want them to make mistakes. That is the only way we grow and learn. But then not just make mistakes. It's extract growth from mistakes. You know, mentally tough. Oh, just put it in the past and pretend like it doesn't matter. No, no, no. We want to extract the growth. We want to see how could we have done better and then put it away. So taking more process, focus versus outcome. As a parent, what can we do if we believe that our young athlete may be dealing with some mental health challenges? I think it's really important to make sure that we are increasing what I've termed before as mental health literacy. And that is having the watchful eye that most of the time, there's going to be some times where our kids are not going to be performing, behaving, thinking at their best. Mm -hmm. So when does it become problematic? When, you know, the DSM-5 is the Diagnostical Statistical Manual for, you know, the psychological world. And these symptoms persist for more than two weeks, a sadness, a feelings of hopelessness, maybe disturbed sleep. And all of these symptoms are broken down into behavioral signs, psychological signs, physical signs, and emotional signs. So when we see that these symptoms are interfering with not just you know, home specific or school specific, but multiple areas of our life, that's when we should talk to someone about seeking care. Yeah. And for sure, if there is any even thought or even joking around about self-harm or suicide, we need to take that extremely seriously. And then there are different ways to reach out and engage in help seeking behaviors. As a coach, I am always watching for signs. You know, so-and-so came to practice today and didn't seem like she was her best. So how can I connect with that Mm -hmm. child to just say, hey, something going on? You know, let me know if I can help you in any way. But also having a relationship with parents and coaches so Mm -hmm. that we are on the same team. There will be times where for more than one or two practices, a kid is still struggling and I'll text a parent and say, I really want to talk to you tonight to see if um, we can chat a little bit about so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Then it's like the attention is there. Now it's not just something like, let me know if she needs help. That's not helpful. Making sure that you're having a concrete conversation, an amount of time that is care and concern for that athlete. And that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons why nurturing parent relationships with coaches is so important. So we can notice these signs and have conversations. Hey, what are you noticing at home? What is, are you noticing on the pitch and so forth? I think my going away message is that we are in a, such a great period of time right now where we have professional athletes who have come out with their own mental health struggles, their own issues when it comes to navigating their thoughts, emotions, self-regulation, fear of failure, that kind of thing. And we are normalizing this by just having these conversations. And I'm just very hopeful in even the, the teams that I have worked with in the past few years, that they are now, the coaches have the language to use with their athletes 
to normalize the process, to normalize the thought disturbance that sometimes we have. And that I think that there is great hope for the sport environment to improve our kids' health. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Whether you're a coach, an administrator, or a brand looking to reach the youth sports community, TeamSnap connects the world of youth sports. Visit TeamSnap.com or download the TeamSnap app from your app store for more information. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen.